Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camel wear at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com. I'm Dan Small. Today we'll get an update on trout and salmon action off Sheboygan with Dumper Dan Welsh. Photographer and author Eddie Daniel talks about the Milwaukee River Greenway, and John Small reports on two kayak rescues on Lake Superior. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. Time now for Madison Outdoors, brought to you every week by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission Archery retailer. They're located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H. You can look for the two giant arrows on the south side of Highway 14. You can't miss it. You can also find them online at PappasTradingPost.com. You hear this feature each and every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, and anytime on our podcast on Lakelink, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us once again from the Trading Post is J.C. Chamberlain. Well, J.C., welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Hey, well, thanks for having us back. You bet. We keep saying this every time, but it's true. Bow season is getting closer. Yeah, we're looking, oh, what, about six weeks now, I think it is? It's creeping up on us. It is. Now, we've been talking about getting your bow checked out if there's an issue with it. Is there still time if people discover something that needs fixing? Absolutely. There's still time. There's always time for that. I mean, hopefully by now, um, you know, in a perfect world, everybody's had a chance to get them out and shoot them a little bit by now. But if you haven't, definitely time to do that. Okay. And how about food plots? We've been talking about that, too. There's still a little time left if you're putting a fall plot in, right? Yeah, we still got a little bit of time. Um, we're getting in, you know, pretty close to the end of when we'd want to be doing, you know, like a brassica plot. But still going to be enough time to get that done. And, you know, you still have your winter wheats and that kind of thing that can be done a little bit later. But we're we're stretching her out here. And if people are thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I've been meaning to put in a food plot, but Oh, geez, I haven't done it, and no, how much land do I need to clear? We're not talking about acres of base. You really want small plots, right? Yeah, most of the time, especially predominantly bow hunting, a small plot is going to work a lot better. Uh, one, because you can cover it. <laughs> right. And two, a lot of times, you know, the, the deer do tend to feel a little bit more secure, again, depending on how it lays out. But most of the time, they're more secure in those smaller openings and stuff. And if you have several options on where to put one, what's the ideal location? It's, let's say you have 100 acres of woods to deal with with some uh, openings in that. What's the best, if there is a best place? The best place for a food plot, I would say, is one that you can access without, you know, having to walk by the deer, mm-hmm. basically. You know, a lot of times we were like, oh, you know, hey, yeah, that's a perfect spot for a food plot. And it's like, oh but my stands are all on the far side of them for access or, you know, any little thing where, like, maybe the bedding's up high. Um, it might not be the best thing, you know, if you can't get in there um, without being seen. So, uh-huh. I mean, access would be my first thing. Um, if you're going to be bumping deer, you know, morning or evening, trying to get by it by any 
you know, stretch, then it's just not worth it. That would be my number one thing would be access. Beyond that, probably pretty close to bedding, especially with bigger deer. Uh, seems like if it's a little bit closer to the bedding area, they might be more likely to show up there before dark. <laughs> Typically, you're not going to see them travel long distances and actually make it there during shooting hours. Uh-huh. Okay. And how about water holes? Same concept there, accessible and place where you're not going to bump them? Yep. Um, I would say pretty much the same thing with water hole. That is a, can be a little bit different. I typically actually like to have them kind of more in those transition areas, you know, around a saddle or something like that where those bucks are going to be cruising through a bunch, especially come rut. It just seems like for whatever reason, those spots work out a little bit better for me personally. You know, having water around fields and stuff isn't a bad thing, but uh, sometimes you're kind of doubling up on that attraction with food and, and water. Yeah, definitely I like in the woods and more secluded personally. Okay, and have you done any, you know, research or, you know, casual research or, or just observations to know when bucks tend to visit water holes? I haven't really done any research, I would say, but just kind of in what I've noticed, kind of like you would most of the time, that window when they're doing a lot of cruising, when they're moving a lot, seems like they're going to be more apt to be there. Um you know, early season, stuff like that, it can, if it is their only water source for a long, long ways, you might catch them there all the time, all different times of the day. Typically, you know, those wood plots in the woods and stuff, those are water holes. Those are going to be the ones that you're going to see daylight activity, but usually going to be more like uh, October through, you know, middle of November or even the end of November, depending on the year. And I suppose during the rut, because they're moving more, they're running more, they're likely to be thirsty. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're yeah, every chance they get that they're if they're cruising by, especially in those saddles and stuff. Um, it seems like if they're going to be cruising relatively close to it, they're going to swing over, get a quick drink, and then keep going. Uh-huh. So, okay. Um, that's that's been our best um, use of the water holes and stuff is in those areas for sure. Okay. And speaking of where to place these various features, water holes, food plots, and stands, and we haven't really talked about that, but scouting is critical, isn't it, especially in if you're hunting new areas? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's something on the ground in the woods. You know, if you've never hunted an area, you just got the piece, you know, by all means, get in there and go after it. Um, hopefully by now you've been able to, to be on the property a little bit, but this time of year I usually like to – finalize kind of like stand locations, make sure everything's trimmed out. And then, you know, from scouting from afar, um, if there's a spot where it's like, hey, these deer are super regular, you know, we might want to get a stand in there if we don't already have one. I mean, I think it's a great time to, to really watch and kind of see what those deer are doing and figure out what's on the property too. Yeah, and from a distance if you can do it. Absolutely. My feeling is the less they know you're there, the better. <laughs> do you use trail cameras that can send you a signal back to your phone or to a central camera that you can check without walking through the property? Yeah, so the last few years I've um, been using the Cuddy Link system, and it's worked really well. And I use it just for that fact is, like, I might change the batteries once if I have one that's running a little bit low in the season. But for the most part, we'll get them out here. Some are out now, but get them out here pretty quick if we haven't, and then hopefully we can get them to run right through the season so we're just not leaving that extra scent on the ground. 
Yeah, we're using CuddyLink as well. It's really opened our eyes to deer movement and, you know, what else is on the property, including wolves and uh, sometimes people who weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, you, occasionally we get those two-legged yeah. critters on there, too. Practicing, I suppose most people are doing that. If you've been shooting at a paper target or a one-dimensional target, should you be stepping out to shooting at 3D or something that looks more like a deer? Yeah, I mean, this time of year, definitely, as we get closer and closer to season, try to do as much shooting on a 3D-style target as I can. You know, a lot of times, if we're just aiming at a dot all the time, um, I get in the habit as well. It's like you kind of you focus on that one little spot. You're not used to kind of shooting at a blank slate, so to speak. A lot of times, even on a 3D target, you'll have something you could pick out to aim, but it's takes a little bit to train our minds to be able to do that and do it well. And uh, whitetails are not like pronghorns with that nice intersection of the tan <laughs> and white. Where you, Shoot me here. <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely. They don't really typically have a bullseye on them. It definitely is in everybody's best interest if they can to shoot a 3D target. And if you can't, even a cutout cardboard target that you, pay, you, know, that you have stuck on the, the target itself is still better than not doing it at all. Right. Okay. Well, before we let you go, store hours now? Uh, we're open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to 5. Alrighty. Well, we'll talk to you again in two weeks, and thank you very much for that report, and everybody's looking forward to deer seasons. Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes, absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. J.C. Chamberlain with our Madison report from Pappas Trading Post at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H, just west of Arena and online at PappasTradingPost.com. More Outdoors Radio, right after this. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678 or visit hupe.com and all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, joining me this week from the road this time, he is at Mobridge, South Dakota on Lake Oahe, Jeff Kellum. Well, Jeff, uh, you've got a tournament going on there. Yes, I do. We've got the uh, 2022 Bass Pro Shops Cabela's National Team Championship out here on Lake Oahe in Mobridge, South Dakota, and and uh, it has been an interesting week here, Dan, when it comes to, to fishing and weather. It's, uh, it certainly is August in, uh, in the West. It is uh, warm, windy, and uh, anglers are struggling to catch some fish. Wow. Okay. Now, how many boats do you have there, and what's the prize? Yeah, so we've got 257 teams registered for this event. And uh, first place prize is a $25,000 check and an $89,995 
Ranger 620 with a Mercury 250 and a trailer combo. Nice. Nice. And yeah. uh, while we're recording this uh, early in the week, well, late in the week, but before Saturday, certainly, you are, after day one, you've got two more days of fishing, right? How did it go first day? Yeah, first day has been a challenge. These anglers um, have been searching across all of the South Dakota waters of Lake Oahe, which is a, is a large, large body of water. Um, and we had about 150 teams weigh fish today out of the 257, and uh, it, uh, it's it been a challenge. They have a kind of an odd slot here. they got to be over 15 inches, but then uh, they can only have one fish over 20 inches per team, or per angler, so two per team. Mm. And so we've got a lot of teams that are bringing either you know, one small fish in or two really big fish in, um, uh, very few. Back then, I believe it's five teams handed in a tournament limit of five fish. Oh, my. Regardless of how small they were or how big they were. Well, uh, good luck with that. We'll get the full report on next week's show. I hope the rest of the right. tournament uh, offers a little better uh, weather for fishing conditions for those guys because I know they're working hard for it. Well, hey, did, did you see the new Wisconsin State Parks vehicle sticker um, design? I did. It popped up on, uh, yeah, popped up on my uh, Facebook page a couple days ago. Yeah, it, it is cool, folks. Check it out. The DNR website has it. A Brookfield East High School senior, Brooke Salomon, designed it. It's a compass with the words Wisconsin State Parks and Forest. You'll find it, I think, very, very uh, intriguing, very special. Well, my talk in West Bend that was scheduled for next Wednesday, August 10th, has been pushed back to October 18th. We'll talk more about that as it approaches. You can find out information and get advanced tickets if you want at rootsbranches.org. Well, coming up, an all-water show. Charter Captain Dumper Dan Welch reports on Lake Michigan fishing off Sheboygan. Photographer, author, and blogger Eddie Daniel takes us on a tour of the Milwaukee River Greenway. And my son John Small, our Northwoods correspondent, reports on two recent kayak rescues on Lake Superior. All that coming up on Outdoors Radio. Well, Jeff, we'll catch up with you next week. Have a great finish to your tournament, I hope. Sounds great. Yeah, thanks so much, Dan. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nacita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. 
Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Time now for an update on Lake Michigan fishing in the Sheboygan area, sponsored as always by Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store, right there on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan, and on the web at DumperDan.com. He's also got a Facebook page, Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, and of course this interview and all the interviews that we're doing this year will be posted on that Facebook page. So you can listen again and see some video and still shots as well that kind of illustrate what we're talking about. Also sponsored this week by Bourbon Street Pub and Grill, 1536 Indiana Avenue, a little bit of New Orleans in Sheboygan. Online at bourbonstreetsheboygan.com and on Facebook at Bourbon Street Pub and Grill. Well, joining us once again from Dumper Central in Sheboygan, <laughs> Dumper Dan Welch himself. Well, Dan, thanks for joining us again. You betcha, and you're making me hungry. Some really awesome food at that place. Yeah, well, we might have a chance to sample that when I come and join you next week, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But how's the fishing been? Fishing's been good, Dan. It's changed quite a bit, actually, since the last time we spoke, and it always does, as weather predicts the fishing, the water temperatures, and where these fish travel to. But it's all good right now, and it's a lot of fun. The fish are close to shore. A lot of people that walk in my store comment, geez, the boats, I can see them right, you know, right from Lakeshore Drive or out past the pierheads. What's going on? I'm like, well, the water's cold. We've had a lot of west winds and some south winds, west in the morning, south in the afternoon which keeps the water cool. Right now, surface temp is about 54 degrees, and down about 30 to 40 feet, that's about 46, 48 degrees. Um, the kings are in close, and we're catching some really nice-sized fish right now, Dan. It's, it's been a blast. 
Well, that's great. How are you fishing for them in close, then? Well, in close, we don't have to fish, you know, stuff down as deep. Obviously, we're fishing anywhere from 30 feet of water. Even 25 foot was really good up by the Pigeon River the last few days, up to the golf course, Whistling Straits, back to the harbor. 25 to 30 foot's been a good run. A couple of my other boats have been running 40 to 60 foot, but everything inside 100 foot, 60 to 70 is the deepest we're going out right now, which off Sheboygan Dan's, you know, half mile, three quarter mile out, so it's easy access, a lot of boat traffic in them areas, especially during the week evenings or on weekends, but the mornings, Monday to Friday, for us has just been awesome because we can get in there and pound on these fish and, and fill coolers full of king salmon. And we had quite a few in the upper teens and anywhere from 17, 18 pounds up to about 25 pounds. We haven't had any big, real giants in the last week, but we've had some just quality, nice 20-pound king salmon come in on all six of my boats. And, and they fight hard in that cold water. They're fun to catch. And we catch them on slide divers. We catch them on dipsy divers with monofilament line being that shallow down downriggers, planer boards with one, three, and five colors of lead core. So everything we're trolling is in the top 30-foot range, you know, because we're not that deep. Fun to catch because there's not a whole lot hanging on the backside of them planer boards or downriggers, so it's you and the fish. And medium action tackle is just a blast with 20 to 30-pound test, and these fish run out two, 300 feet of line at, at one time. And is it all kings? Mostly, Dan, it is. I mean, and different size ones. I mean, we got... You know, two, three, and four year old class king salmon in right now. Good eating size, eight to 12 pounders, some 15 to 20s, like I just mentioned, and a few over 20. But there are a few cohos mixed with that, a few brown trout, and some cohos, and some rainbows, um, occasionally a laker. So there is still variety, Dan, but it's been more kings than anything in, in different sizes. I mean, average catch right now, you'll see on my Facebook page, a party of four can go out and catch anywhere from eight to 15 fish a trip, and they're all from eight pounds up to 20 some pounds. So just Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, in another month, a lot of those fish, the four-year-olds anyway, will be going up the rivers to spawn. So they've got to all be moving in now, the bigger ones. Yeah, they will be. That's a good point, Dan. And then four-year-olds, the spawners will come in, start staging for that. Two- and three-year-olds will be, you know, in the same general area, give or take, following bait fish around, what have you. And we're really looking forward to the fall season. It's hard to believe we're talking fall already. The summer's just flew by. It's going to come quick, and these fish will be in by the harbor mouse and tributaries and, and coming in the spawn. Another good thing, too, is pier fishermen. I mean, every morning we go out, the, the pier, North Pier is loaded with people. The end of the South Pier, there's people out there, and they're fishing, you know, right at sunrise at 4, 4.35 in the morning and, and evening, 8, 9, 10 o'clock, and catching salmon right off the piers off the Port of Sheboygan, too. If you don't have a boat and you're not charter fishing, you can definitely take a rod and go out on the pier and catch something at this time of year, too. How are they catching them off the piers? Casting usually down uh, um, spoons, uh, Cleos, uh, Mr. Champs, KO Wobblers work good. Otherwise, an egg sinker with a big single hook on it with a alewife and soak that on the bottom. You know, float that up off the bottom on an egg sinker. Alewife setup works well, but a lot of spoon casting. A lot of these guys are jigging for them too, Dan, which is something I never did back when I was a kid. But now that's the newest thing is a vertical jig them right along the pier or even in boats. They'll uh, kayaks and boats are doing it, and they use these big flat spoons, big white and silver flat spoons, buzz bombs, and they just jig them up and down vertically, jig for these salmon too so spoons are, are probably top choice for these salmon this time of year but definitely if you can get your hands on some alewife too it's it's worth doing that on a bobber or on an egg sinker can you buy those alewives in bait shops or have you got to catch your own you can get them here in sheboygan the bait shops otherwise if you have a dip net 
you know, bring the dip net down and dip for them, and then you can use live ones and not frozen ones. Uh, the ones you buy in the tackle shops are frozen, which work well too, but, you know, if you can dip for them, that's usually the best choice. Put them in your bucket, a couple of them, and, yeah, use them on the pier, and it's fun. Back when I was a kid, I did that a lot when I was a teenager or even before a teenager, and caught some big kings on the on the piers fishing that way, and that's what they're doing right now, and it's fun for everybody because you can get out there, and I, I've been watching Facebook, you know, religiously too with all these other people posting posts and private anglers and whatnot, and there's quite a few pictures, Dan, on the, on the Internet of kids hauling in 20, 25-pound salmon on the pier. It's really impressive. And, of course, they have a long-handled net or else they're in trouble, right? Yeah, long-handled net or somebody close by that can help you. And then uh, that has a net, then, yeah, get them in and get them on the pier. And, yeah, it's really cool to see. I mean, right right here in our own backyard, you know, you can go out and catch a 25-pound fish right off the pier if, if, if you have the time and the tackle to do it. And kayak fishing, man, you hook a 20- to 30-pound king. He's going to take you for a ride. Well, I know my customers the other day, they were, there was a kayak out in 40 foot off the pigeon and he was, he had a little motor on there, you know, a little electric motor, but he was trolling, he had planer boards out and I, I told the guys, the customers, I said, he hooks up that he's going to wear that fish out because that fish is going to pull him around for a while until he can net him. Got to be a heck of a fight from a kayak. Yeah. Well, do you have openings? I know I'm planning to come up there with a couple of friends next week, and hopefully we'll have good weather and can get out with you in your personal boat, your Roballo. Uh, but how about openings for the charters? Yeah, we do, and I'm looking forward to that too, Dan. We can do some videotaping and some fishing and have some fun and follow my fleet of boats around and hopefully get some nice video pictures. And that'll be a good time too. And right now we're filled pretty solid through about the middle of August. I, I might have one or two openings on afternoons, like a Sunday, Monday afternoon type thing. But even during the week we're, we're packed pretty tight till the middle of August. But that second half of August right now there's a break in the action. We're getting a lot of calls right now, but definitely call me and, and get in for the later part of August, early September. I have Labor Day weekend dates open yet, but this is going to be prime time, guys, and you know, the later part of August, early September is going to be lights out, dynamite fishing, so give me a call at 920-377-1147. Get your reservation in with us before we do fill up. Alrighty, and before we let you go, Bourbon Street on Indiana Avenue. Boy, there are a lot of bars in Indiana. This one's down the the ways, a, a little more of a walk from your place, but still walkable, right? Yeah, it is. There are people that walk there or drive there, but it's yeah, a few blocks to the west of me, right down Indiana. And they got just a, like you mentioned at the start of the show. They have just a unique menu of food there, and it's it's just a go-to place too in Sheboygan. I, I'll tell you, that's I mean, we talk about all these restaurants and bars, but Sheboygan, we are blessed with just good food in the city of Sheboygan. And Bourbon Street's another one. You know, get over there and enjoy what they have to offer, and, and good beers, good sodas, uh, video machines. They have a great menu of just different food that others don't have so definitely bourbon street in indiana avenue is a place to stop and check out while you're here in sheboygan and great food and, and just great atmosphere they have friday perch and cod specials that sound really good and i see they're going to bloody mary fest at Pfizer forum on the 20th of august uh, that's in milwaukee some of those pictures of bloody mary's i mean you almost need a a partner to help you eat all the stuff they stick in it. Oh, yeah, it's like a beverage and, and lunch all in one glass. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of lunch, I'm going to let you pick a place that we can go to lunch after we're done fishing if you have time to do that next week. Oh, so. yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll, we'll uh, pick a place, we'll go there and have a nice lunch together, and 
and and get in in time to see you know my fleet of boats come in they come in at 10 a.m you know on the morning trips to go out at 5 a.m and we'll see them go we'll see them come back in and then uh, we'll go grab some lunch somewhere here in Sheboygan and hopefully we have good weather and you know this year it's we've had a lot of good weather I mean we've had really good stretches of trips here that we've run I mean this last week we ran 80 trips in a week you know and didn't have any bad weather days so uh, pretty nice so hopefully it'll be good for you too and we can get out there and come back in and enjoy some lunch all right looking forward to it we'll see you soon and we'll talk again on the radio in a couple of weeks you got it thank you dan you bet captain dan Welt with the lake michigan fishing report from sheboygan sponsored by his business dumper dan sport fishing charters condos and riverfront store on south pier drive you can find him Online at DumperDan.com and also on Facebook at DumperDan Sport Fishing Charters. And also this week by Bourbon Street Pub and Grill on Indiana Avenue, a little bit of New Orleans in Sheboygan. BourbonStreetSheboygan.com and on Facebook at Bourbon Street Pub and Grill. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at DanSmallOutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. And joining me now from Bayfield, Wisconsin, is our North Woods correspondent and my son, Jonathan Small. Well, John, welcome back. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks for having me again. You bet. Now... Folks who've been listening to the show for a while know that you and Sally Ann are kayak guides for Whitecap Outfitters up there on Lake Superior, and you've done a few trips already this year while we're, you know, halfway through summer. You've noticed a few issues out there because a kayak trip on one of the big lakes is not a walk in the park, is it? It sure is not. We've been running day trips a couple times a week to the what they call the mainland sea caves, from Myers Beach uh, on the peninsula here. And every time we go out, we see people either under-equipped or indifferent to the dangers uh, of the lake and, and the possible changing conditions that happen out there. And also the fact that once you paddle out to these sea caves, there really is nowhere to get out of your boat. You're, you're in Lake Superior and you have a cliff on the other side and that's it. And so, yeah, we've, we've seen a couple incidents over the last couple weeks. And, you know, I thought I'd just share that stuff with you and, and let people know that, you know, it, it can be dangerous and one should be prepared. Yeah. Well, before we get into the incidents, what kinds of dangers can you run into? I think the first danger here is, is cold water. Lake Superior, uh, the average, the mean temperature, I guess, of the overall lake is at a 42-year low, I believe I read. So the water is cold, and that means hypothermia. You can't spend much time in it before you lose control of your digits and then quickly lose other other bodily functions and, and are done. It doesn't take long. And so being with people is a great thing, and, and letting people know where you are and when you expect to be back is another thing to do. Okay. And so when you say not much time, how much time are we talking about? Half hour in the water? Well, I, you know, if you're not wearing a wetsuit, I think you have 10 minutes before you, you start really losing control of your hands and, and, you know, able to, the ability to articulate and grab onto things, and, and, and then you start losing, you know, your, your head. You can't make rational decisions. You start shivering. And, yeah, half hour, 40 minutes, I 
I think is pretty much the borderline of what you're going to withstand without getting out of the water and drying off. Okay. And what other dangers then besides cold water? Well, we've got wind and waves. Those are the bigger ones. You know, the wind here changes frequently and can shift 90 or 180 degrees, you know, kind of a drop of a hat. If you are kayaking with the wind pushing you, it's very easy. And when you turn around and that wind has picked up and all of a sudden you're paddling into 20-mile-an-hour winds with two-foot waves, it's a whole different thing, and it takes twice as long to get back, and you're, you're fighting every every stroke to kind of gain water as it is and i don't think people appreciate just how big a body of water this is and and how the waves can build uh there's a lot of fetch from the minnesota north shore to the peninsula here where we're doing the guided tours let's talk about those two incidents you saw recently because you didn't experience them directly no no so uh we were leading a trip about a week and a half ago and we were out there with other you know there were other guided tours and oh, there may be 15, 20 boats on the water. We had finished our trip, and we kind of cut it short. The wind was picking up. The waves were no longer one-footers. They were two-footers, and we decided now's the time to head back. As we're heading back, we encountered uh, another guided group and then uh, a couple individuals in, in what appeared to be homemade wooden kayaks that were definitely seaworthy. Um, they were paddling and having a good time and looked like they were having a lot of fun. You know, it didn't really register to me that this was a problem other than I noticed the uh, one of the boats was not using what we call a spray skirt, which is a um, usually a nylon or a neoprene uh, skirt that the kayaker wears that keeps water out of the cockpit. And this was a tandem boat, so it had two big cockpits, and, and I don't know, you know, the design of the boat, if it had uh, bulkheads in it or any other kind of flotation. But, you know, we just kind of registered all these guys are out there and then continued on and got back to shore and checked in with the ranger and, you know, kind of let them know we're back. And, and the other guide service followed in behind us. And, you know, we were loading our boats and kind of noticed the commotion. And apparently these guys that went out there, their family was on the beach kind of watching them. The single had returned and the tandem did not and so they were really anxious and the tandem took on water and and sunk essentially it was floating below the surface but there was no way these guys could get back in it it was a father and son uh, i put the son at 25 and the father maybe at 60. they were just out there in the water alone all the other boaters had returned uh, they were the last boat out and so i basically observed the rangers you know spring into action uh, they had binoculars and radios they called to Little Sand Bay for one of the park maintenance boats, which took uh, about 25 minutes to get to the paddlers. And so the ranger was coordinating from the back of his pickup truck with binoculars and a radio, kind of leading the park boat to these two individuals who were capsized. And by the time the boat got to them, uh, you know, it came over the radio that they were both alert and everyone was relieved and, and they, you know, they picked them up and brought them to Myers Beach where we were all kind of waiting and ambulance had been called and it showed up. And uh, the young guy was uh, as hypothermic as I've ever seen anyone. He, he couldn't really move. Um, he was kind of withdrawn and, and fetal. Couldn't look up. He couldn't keep his eyes open. He was shivering. He was kind of gray. His dad was uh, up and about, but just shivering, whole body shivering. His jaw was up and down and he you know he thought he was fine but um we talked to him and, and kind of <laughs> ushered him into the ambulance with the kid and kind of that's the last we saw of them they were in the water for we figure 35 to 40 minutes and they were wearing life jackets but otherwise they just had shorts and t-shirts on and so 
in that amount of time, uh, I mean, I think another 10, 20 minutes, uh, that kid would have been done. It was lucky for them that people were looking after them and that people were on the beach and aware that they were out there. Uh, if they had been alone, uh, I think it would be a very different, darker story. Wow. Okay. And they were transported to Ashland to the hospital, and as far as you know, they recovered okay. As far as I know, everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. They were taken into the ambulance and warmed up and taken to the hospital for, you know, further care. And their kayak? They left the boat. I, I think that's pretty much the policy of the DNR and the park and any, any rescue boat is just get the people out, and the gear is not really considered. So I don't know what became of the boat. All right. Well, and the second incident... So last week, we were doing another sea caves trip, and it was a beautiful day, and there were a lot of people out, and then it was calm. It was calm and sunny and warm, and as we were returning, again, we, we, leave, we leave early in the morning and come back around, you know, noon or one. Usually, as we're returning, there's a ton of people coming out at noon, just in all kinds of different boats. And I, I watched a group of young guys. You know, none of them were wearing anything more than, than board shorts. Uh, on paddle boards and little sit-on-tops that couldn't be more than 8 or 10 feet long, one with a medium-sized dog on a leash. And I was just, like, shaking my head. I was like, oh, boy. You know, they had coolers and a radio, and they were just looking to have a good time. You know, so we returned, unloaded our stuff, and went back to base. And, and we heard that these guys decided to go rock climbing on the sea caves, and they were cliff jumping. And one of the kids apparently... Did three jumps, and on the third jump, he hit a rock underwater, um, broke an ankle and his back. Fortunately, you know, there were people with him, and, and they put him on a paddleboard and basically swam him back. It's about a mile from the sea cave where he was jumping to the shore. I mean, he was lucky. He was with friends, but, you know, they were just doing risky stuff, as young men do. Yeah, wow. Well, before we let you go, any advice for would-be first-time paddlers or rock climbers up there? Yeah, I mean, my advice is, is pretty simple. I mean, you should expect to get wet, and you should know the weather conditions and let people know where you are and, and where you're going and when you expect to be back so that they can check you off or know that you're not back. And always wear, even if it's nice and sunny in Lake Superior, if you're out on big water and you can't just walk or swim to the beach, you should have at the very minimum uh, a wetsuit because as a, as we observed, uh, you know, 40 minutes and, and that might be all. Wow. Well, John, thanks for that very sobering report on two incidents. I'm glad everyone survived and uh, I hope people heed your advice and I hope our next report is a little more upbeat. <laughs> Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you. John Small with a report from Kayaking Adventures up on Lake Superior. You can learn more about kayaking there at whitecapkayak.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Rough Grouse Society, the well-being of the rough grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining me now from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, is Eddie Daniel. Eddie is a photographer, a retired art and photography teacher, and the author of several books that feature photos and essays, many of them depicting the beauty of the natural areas surrounding the three rivers that meet in Milwaukee, the Menominee, Kinnickinnick, and Milwaukee. His latest book is The Milwaukee River Greenway, A Wealth of Nature in the Heart of the City. And you can learn more about Eddie and his projects and see his photos and a little bit about each of his books on his website. It's eddiedaniel.com, and Eddie is spelled E D D. E-E, EddieDaniel.com. Well, Eddie, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Thank you so much, Dan. You and I haven't spoken too much uh, in recent years, but we worked together on a number of projects, including the Friends of the Menominee River, which has now evolved into Milwaukee Riverkeeper. I knew about the rivers and the parks, but I learned a lot more about them by working on the board of that group and by spending some time along the rivers. And I think most Milwaukeeans are aware that there are parks and that they provide a respite from the noise and the bustle of the city. But for those who don't, tell us briefly about Milwaukee's parks and how is it this city has such a wealth of nature, as you put it? Well, that history goes way back to the founding of Milwaukee's parks county park system. It was inspired by the work of Frederick Law Olmsted, who conceived of connected parks in other places. And the people who designed our park system, chiefly Charles B. Whitnell and Christian Wall, conceived 
county park system as a series of parkways that follow the rivers. So this was a deliberate attempt to create a kind of natural zone within the city that kind of stretched for long distances. And it is a place where people can get away from uh, whatever it is they do in the city, and it's it's right there. I, I have spent a lot of time fishing the Milwaukee River, and I know you spend much more time photographing along yeah. all the rivers there. Yes, and the Milwaukee River in particular is striking not only because of the parkways along it, but because of its proximity to downtown Milwaukee, there are almost no other cities in the country. And I'd be surprised if there are many in the world that have a park system, a place like the Greenway. The Milwaukee River Greenway stretches for eight miles in the, in the middle of the urban fabric of the city. Uh, and people can walk right in off the street grid and go down the slope into the Milwaukee River Valley and be totally immersed in nature. That's an experience that is rare in an urban environment. It is. And when you say immersed in nature, we're talking not only the green part of nature, but the brown part of nature, too. There are a lot of animals that are found in any river system, especially any healthy river system, in and around the rivers. Talk about some of those. Yeah, indeed. You know, beyond the expected ones, I mean, a lot of animals are pretty common in green spaces in cities, such as uh, white-tailed deer and coyotes and that sort of thing. Of course, smaller rodent animals. But, but we have beavers have taken up <laughs> residence in the Milwaukee River Greenway and in the Menominee River Parkway system. And that's a really good sign of a healthy ecosystem and a healthy habitat for a riverway. Other animals include mostly small mammals, but lots of fish and birds, of course. The rivers are full of fish once the the dams have been removed. The Milwaukee River Greenway was largely the area behind what used to be the Milwaukee, the North Avenue Dam, and that was removed in 1997, and it has been a free-flowing river. Uh, Another dam was removed at Estabrook Park in 2018, and so the whole Greenway now is a free-flowing river. It is, and speaking of the river, there is a canoe and kayak trail. Essentially, it follows the river, but there's a map that Milwaukee Riverkeeper has put out that lets people know where the access points are and where where you need to watch out for things like rapids and things like that. Have you canoed or kayaked the river? I imagine you have. I have indeed. It is one of my favorite things to do in the Greenway. Uh, and before we go on, that, that map is called the Milwaukee Urban Water Trail. And it's it's not just a designation of Milwaukee Riverkeeper. It's actually a National Park Service Rivers and Trails designation. It's a national designation. I love to kayak the Milwaukee River. It's one of my favorite places to kayak. And not just because it's nearby, but because it's a fun river to run down. Uh, unless the water is too shallow, which it can be in certain dry periods. Otherwise, there are a couple of small rapids. It's not a flashy river. There's not a lot of rapids or anything, but it's a fun ride for about eight miles from Clutch Park Dam down to the estuary, and you can continue all the way out into Lake Michigan if you want to. Yep, and we used to shoot intros and many of our interviews for my TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, along the river, in fact, at the Kletch Park Dam on the other side 
from the park itself. And we would see waterfowl, of course, and uh, in the winter, occasionally we saw otter tracks. So I know that there's a... There's a wealth of animals, you know, along the river. Well, talk about your book a little bit. We're we're kind of um, talking about the subject matter, but what are you doing in that book, A Wealth of Nature, or uh, I'm sorry, The Milwaukee River Greenway? It's a book that is divided into several sections. One is a historic, historical section uh, re- recounting the history of the, the creation of the Greenway and going way back to his colonial period. Um and there are sections that cover the, the various parks. There are 12 named parks that make up the Greenway. Most of them are Milwaukee County parks, but there are village parks. There's even a private property that's owned by the River Revitalization Foundation. And so there are all these parks that make up the Greenway. That's one section of the book. There's a system of trails. It, it, it's an eight-mile stretch of river, but it includes, the Greenway includes 28 miles of trails, including the Urban Water Trail, but also a a very popular section of the Oak Leaf Trail, an ever-popular trail that goes around the entire county, of course, and the Beer Line Trail, which runs on the opposite side of the river for part of the Greenway, and then a series of dirt trails that run along the riverside. Of course, you got it heavily illustrated with photos that that show the beauty and the, uh, the uniqueness of a lot of these features. I skipped the fourth section. Oh, There's a yeah. fourth section that that highlights the wildlife, uh, as we were talking about, uh, and the, the the final story, which is part of this section, is about the indigenous presence in the river, which is one of my favorite aspects of the of the book. And it came about a kind of a coincidence, I think, but it was really serendipitous. I, I mean, I really enjoyed meeting. Uh, his name is. Mark Denning, uh, the man who organized a canoe trip by the Menominee people, who their water protectors that came down from the Menominee Reservation up north and did a canoe trip down the, the river. And according to Mark, this was the first time Native peoples have made a canoe trip down that river since the dam was put in in 1843. Wow. So it was a great story uh, to conclude the whole book with. Yeah. It's of no small significance that the three rivers have Native American names, Menominee, Kinnikinnick, and Milwaukee. Definitely. A Wealth of Nature, subtitle of your book, this is a project of something bigger. Tell us about that. I'm on the board of a nonprofit called Preserve Our Parks, and the mission of Preserve Our Parks is to protect and preserve the park lands. It started out only in Milwaukee County, but... The a Wealth of Nature project that I spearhead for them includes areas around Milwaukee County. In fact, the entire six-county area of southeastern Wisconsin, the, the urban counties of southeastern Wisconsin. And the idea behind the whole project is to encourage people to get out, to enjoy the parks, and to support the parks because of issues around maintenance and funding and that sort of thing. Okay. Well, what's next for Eddie Daniel? What I do for the project is to curate a, a blog for the, the website that we have called A Wealth of Nature. And it's awealthofnature.org for people who want to check it out, and I hope you will. What I do is I continue to go out and enjoy various things that are happening 
around the area in the parks and in nature, and I write stories about it. I solicit stories and, and ideas and essays from other people as well, which appear on the blog. And in fact, I just posted a story moments before you called. <laughs> okay. Well, Eddie, we could talk for probably hours about these parks, and I do want to have you back and talk about a park that was new to me, Three Bridges Park. Will you join me again soon to talk about that one? I would be delighted. That's one of my favorite parks in Milwaukee. Okay. Well, thanks so much for talking with us today. You're welcome. Happy to do it. Eddie Daniel is my guest. His name is spelled E-D-D-E-E. -E. The website he mentioned is awealthofnature.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend and on the web at cedarlakesales.com. They've got great deals on new and used boats now, so check their website and Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. castlerock-petenwell.com And by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camo wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com. 
Well, if you missed our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, or if it's not airing in your area now, you can always watch recent and past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And our Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV special is archived on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. If you missed any dates, websites, or phone numbers that we mentioned, listen online again at lake-link.com slash DSO radio. You can do that anytime. And find Jeff on social media at Hardwater Jeff. You can find me at Dan Small Outdoors. Got a few calendar items this week. Don't forget, Deer Fest is this weekend through Sunday at Washington County Fair Park. Details at DeerFest.com. Our friends at Ballard's Black Island Resort up on Lake of the Woods are offering a two-for-one summer deal. A great opportunity for an incredible fishing experience there. I was up there a couple of times in recent years. We caught walleyes, smallmouths, northerns, perch, crappies, and even a few muskies. It could be the trip of a lifetime for a couple or father-son, father-daughter team, or a couple of buddies. Take advantage of this two-for-one opportunity. It might not happen again. For details, visit blackisland.com and tell them you heard it on Outdoors Radio. As I mentioned earlier, my talk previously scheduled for next Wednesday, August 10th, in West Bend has been postponed and rescheduled now to October 18th. We'll talk more about that in the weeks leading up to it. Becoming an Outdoors Woman has a number of events and workshops starting soon. August 13th, an archery and shotgun basics workshop at Hartford Conservation Club. August 25th through 28th, kayaking in the Apostle Islands. August 27th and 28th, Dutch oven cooking at Sand Hill Wildlife Area and Babcock. Uh, Some DNR news, bonus antlerless deer tags go on sale starting Monday, August 15th at 10 a.m., starting with the northern and central forest zones, and then the other zones will follow. Operation Deer Watch and Game Bird Brood Surveys are looking for volunteers. That started August 1st. It runs through September 30th, and you can sign up on the DNR website. The morning dove early teal and early Canada goose seasons open September 1st, and August 31st is the last day to train bear dogs on bears before the seasons start. Details on these events and more at dnr.wi.gov. And if you go to State Fair through August 14th, be sure to stop at the DNR area and say hello. Well, if you have items for the calendar, you can email us at dsoradio at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will be back next week. Get outside this weekend and join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. Let's get to the perfect speed. Oh, how I love leaving the shore. When the cool night swallows The moose's nose And the heron is fishing On one cold leg When the loon cries lover In the blue north wind I'll be trolling home It's a little chilly on the gunnel When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure